This podcast is sponsored by Rosita Group, a wholly owned QSO of Michigan State University Federal Credit Union, with a mission to help credit unions stay relevant and competitive through innovation. Rosita Group invests in technologies and services that improve how credit unions engage with the members and help members engage with their money. Rosita Group, building better for members together with our partners. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. With so many fintechs out there, from the ones that want to compete for your business to the ones that want to partner with you to bring a new service or improve an existing one, which technology trends should your credit union be paying attention to? Hi, I'm Yikeng Yang, Digital Media Design Specialist here at CUNA. And in this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, Ben Maxim, Chief Digital Strategy and Innovation Officer for Michigan State University Federal Credit Union and as CTO for MSFCU's wholly owned QSA Rosita Group, shares his thoughts on the top three fintech trends credit unions need to watch and how to keep updated on these trends. Hi, Ben. We're really happy to have you on to the CUNY News podcast here. Uh, Why don't we just start with letting the audience know who you are, introducing yourself, and letting them know what you do at Rosita. All right, great. Thank you. Ben Maxim, Chief Technology Officer at Reseda Group. I also have a role at MSU Federal Credit Union, which is the owner of Credit Union of Reseda Group as the Chief Digital Strategy and Innovation Officer, where I run our innovation lab. And really between Reseda and MSUFCU, we've created what we call an innovation ecosystem where companies can either start in Reseda with investment and then go to the lab for uh, experimentation and piloting, or they start with the lab and then move over to Reseda eventually. Great, thanks. So let's just uh, dive right into the first question here. Why is it important for credit unions of all sizes to be aware of fintech trends and new technology? Absolutely. So, you know, I think we use this fintech term pretty liberally nowadays. A few years ago, it was thought of as like, oh, the, the fintechs are coming to eat our lunch. But really, they've realized and we've realized as an industry that there's a lot of power in partnership. There's a lot of mission alignment in what fintechs are trying to accomplish. Uh, and really, credit unions, you think about our history, we were formed as a way to deliver uh, financial services in a new and innovative way, different from the traditional banking model, you know, and when we at MSUFCU were formed in 1937, it was out of a desk drawer and the need for MSU, Michigan State University faculty, to provide loans to each other. And they would call each other up and be like, hey, we're going to, you know, you need a loan. We'll go put $10 on deposit and give you a $100 loan. You know, that's that's how it worked way back when. I and mean, that was a new and innovative way to deliver it. And we've just kind of captured that spirit as credit unions, uh, as we've grown as an industry. And really, it's a great way for us to punch above our weight as an industry and together, a lot of these fintechs are providing us things that we might not be able to build ourselves. Uh, we don't have to spend the time to build it ourselves. If we kind of keep an eye on what they're building, we can know where we should be dabbling and let them maybe experiment with a direct-to-consumer model and then bring it in and offer it to our members. And it really is a great way for us to, as an industry, experiment with things. And you know, you don't have to be a large credit union to do this. A lot of the pricing is based on your asset size. Uh, a lot of companies, if you're going to offer them access to your members and data, and they will quite often potentially let you do a free proof of concept to see if it's valuable before signing that longer contract. Yeah, I especially really liked your your first point of it's kind of the point of credit unions to to be on top of that and and to offer 
those new technologies before other you know traditional financial institutions can can implement it so i really like exactly. that point too yeah totally so in your role at michigan state university federal credit union uh, how do you stay informed on what is trending in the fintech space yeah so you know there's quite a few ways actually so you know one of my my main sources of, of new research or ideas actually comes on LinkedIn. It's a good way I, I found during the pandemic to stay virtually connected to everything, see what's going on, see what people are really good at posting, what they're up to. You know, there's also other research publications as well, but not necessarily one to, to point a finger at specifically, you know, just kind of scouring the internet for what's new uh, and, and see what press releases are coming out. Um, one of the best ways I found is uh, getting tapped in in the credit union space into some of the maybe more think tank uh, type organizations like uh, Feline uh, Research uh, Group Institute, uh, Members Development Company, Circle, and the Circle Collective. They're all kind of handling different angles of what's going on in in fintech and new technology, whether it's research, whether it's you know making investments in a collective group, or, or doing some of the piloting uh, that you can then learn from. Uh, we recently started participating in what's called the Lab at Feline, which a group of credit unions got together to sponsor that initiative. And they are picking as a group what 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 should we pilot, and then a couple of the credit unions are going to actually do the work to pilot. So there are now things that I can have piloted there that maybe I don't have the capacity to do myself uh, at my credit union. And now I have other credit unions that I can learn from and are going to do the work, and we can get more accomplished working together than we could on our own. I think the other big way to do it is to go to different events. Some of the big ones that are kind of fintech oriented and where credit unions can learn a lot from are things like Money 2020, Finnovates. There's one in the East Coast, one on the West Coast in the spring and the fall. Uh, and then there's some other events that are put on by Feline and MDC and Circle, like Venture Tech, uh, that are also a good way to get involved in that. A lot of the credit union leagues, uh, depending where you're at, are also a good resource. Uh, they're becoming a better resource for fintech. They've where we've kind of as an industry gone to to find our vendors along the way now what we used to call a vendor is actually maybe a startup that's a fintech as well now so you know some of those things we were doing traditionally uh, are now coming to full full fruition and everyone's now looking at fintechs and even the core providers uh jack henry and fiserv are doing the same thing where they're bringing a lot more fintechs to their conferences as well uh, so some of the things that you're already going to and doing you're going to see the word fintech and maybe not the word fintech but you'll see a bunch of startups trying to do cool things uh, and try to take advantage of those both virtually and in person if you can yeah wow that that seems like just a lot of resources that uh, people can take advantage of so how do you differentiate from which technology is truly just a short-term trend or versus what to invest in at MSU, FCU? Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's a hard question because, uh, you know, sometimes we want to be early and be the first ones to do something uh, and we may get it wrong and that's okay. So some of what we've done is framed it as the term in the industry has been to fail fast. I try to reframe it into learn fast. So really it's about learning. Um, so we'll do a pilot with companies and then we set some metrics and we make a lot of assumptions up front what, those, what the success should look like. And then we use a pilot of three months, six months, 12 months, depending on how much time it would take to actually get a reasonable amount of data to make a decision. And then, you know, if something's good, we then move it forward at the credit union uh, and roll it out to the larger audience. And it, we've kind of created this kind of gate style funding model where like if something isn't going well, we'll cut it off early or make some changes and keep going and then cut it off or move it forward. So we're not, you know, six months into something that then isn't panning out. We're trying to get early and often feedback from our members and employees as well. So we try to frame questions as we're evaluating what fintechs to bring on are in kind of three categories, feasibility, viability, and desirability. 
uh, does it work? Can we support it? And do our members actually want it? Are there other ways to think of those? Uh, and a lot of times we can find these technologies that these fintechs have, and we may be their first client, or you may be their first client, and they don't really have a big story to tell, other than here's what the industry and opportunity looks like. Using that opportunity as a pilot to get it in front of some of your members, you know, set what your expectations would be. You know, if this thing costs X number of dollars to do, and it's something that's promising to bring more interchange. A lot of us credit, our credit unions make money that way, and you know, you need to measure what would that lift be in interchange, you know, income for it to be successful for you. So we've done some modeling on a couple of ours where we look at that, and then we say, hey, if the X number of people we think are going to be on this do an additional one to two, you know, transactions on their card each month, this pays for itself, and anything above that would then be you know, a revenue lift to the credit union. So we, we try to look at it in, in that frame as well, specific to each fintech. Um, some things we also do is, you know, everyone probably this year has heard of buy now, pay later and crypto and uh, the metaverse. You know, some of those things, you know, we, we do research into those. What are people doing? What are brands doing? The metaverse, you know, do you just go out and grab your branding now so no, someone else can't claim it like we've done with all the different social platforms as they come out? You go grab your Twitter handle or you grab that Facebook page or Instagram handle or whatever it may be just so you're in the presence on day one and then you figure it out from there. Uh, that's probably where we're at with the metaverse. Um, it's more a marketing tool than anything else uh, and kind of gimmicky. We'll see if that actually pans out. Uh, buy now, pay later. That was very heavy, something we were looking into at the beginning of the year, and there are some fintech solutions that are helping with that. Uh, but then the regulators started to come in and say, hey, what are all these you know, unregulated loans that are happening? Should we take a look at these? And it's kind of fizzled out a little bit. So we're waiting to see, are there credit union products that can accomplish the same things that buy now, pay later was doing? So you know, we'll see if that keeps going or not. It probably will in some fashion. Uh, and then crypto. You know, there's a lot of power behind with the technologies behind cryptocurrencies, but you know, a lot of people are looking at it as like, I want to invest in this to become rich tomorrow. Well, you know, the credit union may not be the right group to be offering that, but at least if we get to a point where we can confidently do pieces of it, like you could buy crypto, you know, through us, through you know, kind of as a pass through to a fintech offering the solution. Uh, ultimately, is that a way to keep people inside our ecosystem, even though we're not necessarily benefiting directly from? whatever crypto solution is in there, but at least it keeps people with us. So yeah, there, there's a lot to, to solve there. Sometimes we're too early and we're just kind of waiting and see. Other times it's worth taking the risk, you know, us credit unions, especially, you know, in the mid to smaller, there's an opportunity for you to maybe move on something that some of the larger institutions can't do. Uh, you could do that one thing really well. I really like that early point that you did about it's not failing fast, it's, it's learning fast because, you know, failing is learning in a lot of ways. So exactly. um, sometimes you just got to try it and see if it works. And if it does, then then great. If it doesn't, yep. then you can just improve upon it or you just know that that's not a good idea. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we're trying it and just making sure right. that you kind of mitigate the risk and expense and you're not putting too many resources into something until you're ready. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. So in your opinion, what are the three most important fintech trends credit unions should be paying attention to and why? Yeah, I think the the biggest one right now, because uh, I think it's going to really ultimately shift from cryptocurrency to maybe more the future of money, and what's happening with like blockchain technology and decentralized finance, where you can then start transferring money, whether it's you know peer to peer or cross border, 
Uh, you know, some companies are starting to offer, whether fintechs or larger institutions are offering like crypto rewards on a Visa card or, or things like that. You know, some of it is gimmicky. Some of it's like, hey, tapping into that, I want to get rich off of crypto kind of wave that we had. You know, it doesn't help when crypto gets really exciting and then all of a sudden it drops off, like Bitcoin's now down to whatever it is now and that excitement disappears. But the future of money being able to then more easily move these virtual currencies around uh, where, you know, rather than us paying each other for lunch, you know, here's my $5 and here's your $5 when we're actually pulling money out of our wallet, we have crypto wallets that this money is sitting in. Um, and I think there's some, you know, things that are a little bit more stable um, than others and maybe stable coin is the way to start moving on this. Um, stable coin being, you know, some of the maybe more like meme things where they come in and they get this huge value really quick and then they drop off the next day like you can't reliably like go grocery shopping with a crypto wallet if your value when you left the house is a hundred dollars and it's fifty dollars by the time you actually make it through the end of the checkout line you know you can't count on that so we need stuff that's more stable so i think the biggest trend to to keep an eye on uh, and see what happens and evolves from it and i think an opportunity for us to be in early is that future of money concept with blockchain um, I think another one that has a few components to it is financial wellness. Uh, there's a lot of fintechs that set out to carve out a piece of financial wellness, whether it's rounding up to save money, uh, save money. If it's rounding up to pay down debt, if it's rounding up to give to charity or fund different social missions, or is it you know financial literacy, improving education, uh, helping people who may have not had the access to financial services or education growing up? There are a lot more states that are requiring financial literacy in at least the high school level. Uh, so that's really, I think we're going to see a huge trend coming up and how do we as credit unions, because many of us have figured this out along the way, is how to be a part of that uh, solution for the school districts that are now going to have to prove that they're providing a high level of education. We at Receda Group are tapping into that as well uh, in one of our CUSOs that really is meant to support that financial literacy and access and you know, really trying to move forward with combining that education with directly getting you into these products and services. So as credit unions, how do you tie that kind of educational experience, whether you're providing blog content or you're providing true coursework or seminars, or it's, you know, the FinTech really gets deep into a topic like, here's what you need to understand about mortgages or buying your first car or paying for student loans, you know, and then tying that with products at the credit union, you know, that you can revert revert back to and say, hey, that thing you just read about, well, we can actually provide that to you in the moment that they're learning about it. So they can actually take advantage of it and seeing if that's an effective strategy to get people to take advantage of, you know, credit union services more and really help fintechs and credit unions work together in that mission orientation of, you know, people helping people from the credit union side and the fintechs have their own mission of, you know, doing social good and, and all kinds of other things, you know, to really disrupt the traditional banking model and get more people uh, financial uh, access as well. A third one with all that is really maybe fintech partnership in general and less a, a category, but where are you as a credit union maybe feeling weak or feeling a gap in your portfolio of offerings? What can happen to support you in the fintech space? Um, there are a lot of people trying to figure, figure out lending because that was what we all needed. We were trying to get loans out the door. Many of us today are feeling a liquidity crunch. We're having trouble getting deposits on hand to do the lending that we want to do. And you know what fintechs out there are going to help us uh, attract more deposits. And I think we might start looking at deposit attracting fintechs for maybe at least the, the short to medium term here. Yeah, I, I really like your your point in the education part because you know personally, I I wish I would have gotten a lot more financial 
education. I think there was a class like in high school, but it was like an elective class. So I wish it was yeah. kind of like a mandatory class where you had to take. So you kind of learned all about that. Um, so I think that, yeah, that's, that's a really important point too, for sure. Yeah. We had something called like business math and it, you learn how to write a check and do your taxes and stuff like that, but it was elective. I didn't end up taking it. I think I learned more because I work at a credit union than I ever would have thought I could about financial, you know, financial literacy, education, all the, all the different things that are out there in the, the marketplace. But, you know, and a lot of us credit union leaders listening to this are probably in the same boat and you may not realize how little others know about the products or when we talk about them in credit union jargon, that may not translate to people understanding what does this thing do for me and how can I take advantage of it? Yeah. Another point is I, I think the education part's a lot more important now with all the new technologies coming out too. So there's, there's just a lot more, more to learn about totally. now. Absolutely. So if you had to pick one innovation area or type of technology for a credit union to focus on in 2023, uh, what would it be and why? Really, I think that the power of fintech right now is to drive engagement and help build digital relationships. So we, we learned in the, uh, and there's a lot that fits into that. I'll hopefully get to that point at some point. But basically, in the, coming out of the pandemic, everyone learned about these experiences that they had going digital, like with food ordering and grocery shopping and, and all different different ways that they could then get whatever they wanted from the comfort of their couch. Uh, it shows up on their doorstep and they didn't have to leave the house. You know, that was a great experience for many of them. And these services have continued on. Food delivery, grocery shopping, seems to be new things every day that you know you can just get brought to your house. And it's kind of the blend of humans and digital working together. Uh, and I think that's a power offering that credit unions have as well. A lot of these fintechs, great digital technology. Credit unions have a lot of humans that as we add these technologies, you know, the, the work they're doing can be augmented, not replaced. So some of the mundane stuff or, you know, some of the experience can start online and then it can be finished in person or someone can follow up. And, and there's a lot of automation that can happen. But some of it is, you know, really focused on how do you blend that human service with uh, that digital experience. Um, and then also with the space that we have as well, now that people are reentering the world and, and going to places again, you know, how do you blend that digital experience and make that physical experience uh, well. There's a term that's starting to be thrown out there in the industry called digital, a mixture of physical and digital technology. So as these fintechs are coming together and partnering with financial institutions, credit unions, how does the technology work together where you can maybe start something in an app, you do something when you come into a branch or you see a kiosk somewhere or an ITM or whatever it may be. Um, and, and we see this in other industries. You know, I was in Chicago over the summer at an event, walked in you know, to McDonald's, thinking it'd be this massive line, and there's actually like I feel like there was 15 or 20 kiosks and I could order and it didn't matter that I was like the 15th one back. My food was actually ready quite quick because of based on what I ordered. And that was an interesting experience there. So that's a blend of, you know, a digital experience. Um, and, and that some of the stuff we can do with credit union, maybe ordering ahead, you know, you could get in line early. You could say, Hey, I want to talk about a mortgage. When I get there, you make an appointment with the mortgage officer and you show up specifically when they're available to you as we do centralized services. We don't need a mortgage officer in every single branch. People will come in, talk for you via video uh, in that kind of kiosk sense. Um, we've all been doing this in the airlines forever. Uh, you know, you go to that kiosk and now you just do it in your app. You get your boarding pass, you can do facial recognition as your boarding pass, depending on what airline you're flying. You know, and you're kind of blending that experience already. And I think we are in a great position with the way we've tried to work over time to take that digital world, blend it in with our physical experience and use our human's 
as a way to make that service better and, and really be digitally assisted services versus it just being straight automation. And I think we see that a lot in the banks or some some institutions where they basically said, hey, we don't have to hire people. Let's have a branch of all these ITMs. Well, I think people are choosing credit unions because maybe they don't like that sort of impersonal service. Credit unions have an opportunity to keep that personal service going by continuing to support the technology and augment it with humans. And maybe you don't hire as many people as quickly. But right now, I think many of us are struggling to just find talent in the first place. So a lot of these solutions allow us to expand and be more, optimize our current workforce as well. I really liked when you talked about the whole digital thing, because I feel like for me, at least, I, I'm very like that, where I, I like to do some things digital, but I still like to go in in a store or something and, and doing, doing doing something physical. If I'm ordering something small, I like to just do that digitally. But if it's like an expensive item, I like to go in the store. Yeah, you want to go and, and touch and it. You know, it. Yeah. yeah. Even exactly. if you go in the store, touch, feel it, and then you go home and then order it later. Like that's that's another experience as well. So I think some retailers have had some good success with like, okay, you know, we don't have as much inventory on hand, and they'll order it for you while you're there, while you're touching and playing with it. Or you know, it's clothing. You can do virtual try-ons and stuff, but you may want to go see what the fabric actually looks like on your body or whatever. So blending the experience has been uh, hugely important for, for all industries. And I think credit unions have an opportunity there. What should a credit union look for in a fintech partnership? First and foremost, someone that's willing to work with you. I think credit unions, we have some conservative leaders in our ranks as well that may not always be on board with what we're trying to do. Uh, more and more people are coming around to the fact that realizing that it doesn't need to be scary and that we can partner with these companies. But there may need to be some time where you need to kind of establish this culture of innovating and trying new things. And you need to have a fintech partner that's willing to be patient with you as you work through that. One that's just trying to sell you and move on is probably not who you want. You want somebody who wants to partner with you, help you figure out how to sell internally, make the business case for what their solution is. One that's willing to hear and get feedback from you. Uh, and truly, you know, the word partnership is key. If they're not willing to be that partner, you know, it's probably not worth the, the effort to go through it because you probably both be disappointed in the end. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, especially like you said, with, with more conservative leaders, less willing to, to change, it'll, it'll take that patience with the, with the partner for sure. On the reverse question for the credit unions partnering with the fintechs, you know, make sure you have someone identified to be that champion for that fintech and be the one that's going to help carry it through. It's not just like, oh, I met this fintech that is doing lending or payments, and I'm going to just send them over to the lending or payments person, expecting them to just know what to do with them. So if you've made the connection, you know, or you're the person responsible for innovation or bringing these partnerships, make it a good experience for the people you're kind of including as well. We we found success in our innovation lab by bringing in if it's a payments pilot we're trying to accomplish. It's not just something that lives in innovation, but we bring in the payments team and we work together and co-create this fintech innovation team, payments team as stakeholders. And then by the time we're done piloting, they're the ones championing it to the rest of the business. So it really makes it helpful to kind of have that handoff piece established early on. So final question here. If I'm a credit union leader looking to be more innovative in 2023, uh, what advice do you have for me? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, learn fast, try new things. Uh, don't be afraid to give something to try. Companies are looking for people to partner with them and they're struggling to find credit unions to do it. There are a lot of fintechs that come to us and then we don't know who other credit unions we can pass them off to. So know that fintechs are looking for you all and are willing to work with you and want to work with you. And I think the other biggest thing too is to realize success comes from the learning that you find. Um, and, and you can also make some maybe ROI decisions based on, you know, yes, there may be a cost to a pilot, but maybe you spend $5,000, $10,000 to do a pilot. 
And then, you know, if you were to do that contract straight up for a year or three years, it would have been $200,000, $300,000 or whatever it may be. You're spending $10,000 if it doesn't go well to find out that you shouldn't spend that 290000 So there is a cost savings to this experience. It also engages your employees and helps with retention, which is huge right now. If we have people leaving constantly, it's hard to keep them in their seats. But by offering the way we do our, our partnerships, we pull people from across the business. So people who are in the front lines and, and you know, at all levels of the organization, we mix them into a, a group of eight is about the right size. And like training, they come report to innovation for a day, look at an idea, you know, and then either make recommendations or test a prototype out with members. There's lots of ways you accomplish it. And maybe if you don't know where to get started, you know, we all have vendors today uh, that are probably looking to improve their products, offer to be a pilot partner with them. And that's probably the lowest cost thing you can do to get started. Uh, and then you can kind of refine what you're doing internally as you partner maybe in a, a less risky way because it's a known partner and it's something that you probably know a lot about and you can contribute to the success of that product moving on. So if, if you don't know where to get started and have to choose something, find one of your existing partners and see what they have offering. And maybe they have a third-party fintech startup solution that they want to partner, but they need a credit union to try it with. Um, so you know, put yourself out there and see what you can find and, and learn. Before we wrap it up here, uh, did you have any other things you wanted to touch upon that we didn't yet or any final closing statements? Yeah, maybe just to close out, you know, innovation is meant to be fun and, and learn and, and engaging. So just put yourself out there and try. We got started, you know, formally about two and a half years ago, and it, it just has grown exponentially since. Uh, we've had innovation in some capacity in financial services, credit unions specifically, since our founding. Let's tap into that and, and go forward and, and conquer the world here with, the, with our fintech partners. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by Rosita Group, a wholly owned QSO of Michigan State University Federal Credit Union, with a mission to help credit unions stay relevant and competitive through innovation. Rosita Group invests in technologies and services that improve how credit unions engage with the members and help members engage with their money. Rosita Group, building better for members together with our partners.